Hey everyone, David Petrangelo here. Just a little quick note up front that I had a little bit of a tech hiccup and issue with my microphone when recording this episode, so I apologize that I do not sound all that great. Uh, I really wanted to give you a heads up, and I really am sorry about that. Uh, I mean, my voice doesn't sound great in a normal day, and now with the tech issue, it's just a little bit worse. So um, hopefully it's okay for your ears and you're okay to hear hear it, but uh, I apologize ahead of time and uh, hopefully you still enjoy the content and our coverage of Diablo 4 so far anyways. Um, yeah, just thought I'd give you a heads up, everybody. Sorry about that, but uh, I will have it back to normal next time around. All right, let's get into the episode. <music> Welcome everybody to the Creature Cast, the official console creatures podcast. My name is David Petrangelo, and I'll be one of your hosts in this journey into all things Diablo 4, which is exactly what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Myself and Steve are here to break down our experience pre-release with the game. Steve, how are you, man? I'm really excited. Uh, I mean, it feels like a long time coming. Ever since we kind of like started this uh, this whole podcast, you and me have bonded over our love of Diablo, and now it's finally time. Diablo Four is here. We're actually able to talk about it. You know, we, we've chatted throughout the the beta periods and everything, but it's here. The game is actually real in front of us. I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm excited for more and more people to be able to play it. Right? You know, like. The pre-launch stuff is, is great and everything, but once the world gets it, it's the whole other story, right? So we're not allowed to talk about any story stuff. That is not something we can uh, discuss at the moment. We're just going to be talking about gameplay and different aspects of it. So that's something to take note. So you won't hear us talk about that on this episode, but we will be having a full review in progress, which is exactly what we're trying to do here. It's a massive game. We did not get to play the entire thing. We got to play aspects of it and have some questions that people have asked us that we're going to try and address as much as we can. And we're going to sort of take it from there because, um, th yeah, this is just a large game. There's going to be lots of experience uh, through the story and post-game and, you know, all these other aspects that were not part of the build that we played. And honestly, you cannot experience unless you're playing with a group of people or with, you know, the full server load of the world playing this. So there's a lot of aspects we're going to touch, but there's a lot of it that we can't and maybe won't be able to for the next couple of weeks as we get our hands more and more on it. So um, anything I might have missed along those lines there, Steve? No, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. The, the way I came at it was that Diablo 4 and Diablo in general is, there's a story element to it. And of course, we'll we'll kind of touch on it and talk about it. Diablo 4 obviously like goes hard on its story, uh, pushes narrative forward uh, for the franchise. But there's so much more to it. It's that, you know, there's an in-game economy. It's how players uh, interact with each other, not just in a party, but in the world itself. Uh, there's the battle pass system. There's right, no yeah. so much that goes into this game um, that it only felt fair for us, you know, people who love this game or like love the, the franchise and want to love this game to come in and not force ourselves to last through the entire game. Give it the time it needs. Um, but also respect the fact that what we're playing isn't inherently the finished product. Now, I don't mean finished as in terms of like the build quality, the uh, how how well it's perform its performances and everything. I mean in terms of everyone's there day one, jumping into the server, playing together, 
in the community, the Diablo community. It's just not there. So we kind of talked to each other and we agreed, hey, we're just going to do a review in progress, talk about our experiences, you know, from this, you know, two week period that we've been playing, but not put a definitive, this is our review. This is how we're going to look back on Diablo because I do feel like it's way too early to do so. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's exactly what it is. And it, it would be unfair. It'd be unfair for any game, whether it's this or another one, <clears throat> that is meant to have a certain type of experience. You can't get that experience until a certain amount of time and a certain amount of experience through end game and post game and, and, and with a bunch of other people and just and just random people, not even necessarily playing with your friends, right? Because a lot of aspects of this game, which they've touted from the beginning, is that running into other people in the world is a lot more of a common thing and they encourage it, right? Whether it's big bosses, whether it's small events, things like that, you can run into to random players out there, and that's sort of part of this living world that Diablo 4 is going to be. So there's lots of things there that we'll be able to touch on as we go. We'll talk about it in the podcast. We'll have it in articles on the website, consolecreatures.com as well. But for now, we're going we're gonna to work with uh, what we worked with over the last uh, week and a half to two weeks, and uh, we'll touch on a bunch of things. And, um, you know, if there's more questions out there, feel free to toss them at us for sure um at console creatures on, on twitter and, and instagram and, and ourselves are our personal accounts and we'll, we'll get to all that stuff as we go even on youtube i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna this video of us of us chatting will be up on youtube the, the podcast itself and i'll have a little bit of gameplay video on top of it and stuff like that so you can see some of the stuff that uh that we're um that we're talking about there's only certain things we're allowed to show as well as as well as what we're allowed to talk about but you'll see some of the early game stuff um in act one that isn't that is not story-based, I would say, is sort of the way that we have to handle it. So that's totally fine. Okay, so let's um, let's get to, you know, I don't know where you want to start. If you want to start with what, what character you started with or which uh, classes, you know, you may have jumped between, between this and the beta. Did that affect anything? Did you go in thinking, I'm going to play this class and instead ended up going somewhere else? No, I kind of jumped back in and wanted to test around and see how uh, Blizzard uh, listened to the community since the beta and the server slam, uh, primarily with two classes, one being the Barbarian. Love of my life, I always try to go with the Barbarian or secondhand, the the Necromancer. And it's kind of a... Two two tail like two two faces of a uh, the same coin in that uh, the barbarian during the beta a lot of people really enjoyed the power dynamics and the the skill tree of the barbarian but at the end of the day they were like eh, it's a little underpowered when compared to maybe the rogue or the sorcerer so I don't know how viable it will be I I still liked it um, even though I did feel like it was very underpowered but then on the flip side the necromancer in the second uh beta period way overpowered um and people were like this is op uh, this is the one to run and so i i wanted to see uh where blizzard kind of listened to the community maybe uh nerf some things buff some things so uh a lot of my my period uh with you know this review um uh, instance was primarily with the necromancer and i dabbled with the barbarian just a little bit necromancer feels a little scaled back uh you definitely feel that as you're progressing through i would say like by the time you hit act one i can definitely see the power dynamic shift a little bit where i wasn't just going through like floods of enemies uh just spamming 
his power set and going through it. But um, Barbarian, I do think that they've kind of inched a little bit uh, ahead, not to the point where I'm confident enough to say like, oh, it's it's a viable option in terms of if, if you felt underwhelmed by the Barbarian, it, all the problems are solved. I, I don't know if that's a fact. Um but yeah, uh, going through uh, so far, I love the Necromancer. I think just its skill tree is awesome. The armor sets are awesome. Everything from like the customization that you go through and just the progression in terms of just having like the stocky emo kid all the way up to, you know, the Grim Reaper of armor. <laughs> it just looks and feels really cool. Um, and I've always really liked the, not not the melee, like the area of effects uh, powers that he has or she has and... Yeah, I, I'm really loving the the Necromancer and going into this uh, review build. I really like where that class is right now. How, how about yourself? So those are the two classes. I think I talked about this when we when we played the beta. The Barbarian was like the first class that I jumped to um, or leaped. I guess is that what the what the the, the ability is called leap, or at least it used to be anyway. <laughs> That was always the class that I that I leaped to in Diablo two especially, um, and then played Druid a lot uh, in that game. In three, I I made my way to the Wizard and almost almost exclusively played that. So I, I the Sorcerer is is top top for me. Like I, I just love the way it felt. I, I love the way that the Wizard like those types of characters work. Glass cannon type thing is is for some reason just my thing. Um, so it's actually interesting because those are the two classes, the Barbarian and the Necromancer. Necromancer never really was an interest to me. Maybe this time it will be, but I did not play those two. And I don't think that I will until I go through it with a couple of other characters. Those might be my last picks to go. So I, I, uh, immediately jumped into Druid cause I did not try it, uh, during the beta. Um, so I, I gave the Druid a try and then I went back to the Sorcerer for a, a few hours. I just wanted to see, like you said, with, with, with your, uh, jumping in. I wanted to see if that power changed, if there's anything with the abilities or whatever, because it did feel pretty overpowered in, in the closed beta weekend, um, which I was fine with, because I was like, this is fun. I'm just blasting people and lighting them on fire, and it was good, good for me. But um, So it's a little bit scaled back, but I, I still felt pretty powerful. Um, I think I was maybe getting hit a little harder or something. I don't know. I felt like I was a little bit more delicate. Um, and the Druid was fun my big issue with it though is and maybe this is on purpose i'm not sure but it felt a lot like a barbarian with a couple of um sorcerer abilities i guess you could call it in, in a way and i know that's sort of what it's supposed to be it's kind of supposed to be like a mix but my auto attack or my you know left click because i played it on pc felt like i was doing nothing I felt insanely underpowered when I was using it. And I was this big bear. You know, I, yeah. I used the sort of the, the bear build because I thought it kind of looked cool and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'll give that a shot and I'll run with that. And then, you know, when the game comes out, I'll go, I'll go to the wolf one and I'll, and I'll do it that way. Um, you know, the abilities are cool with it, but I thought maybe I would have a little bit more oomph to my, to my hits when I was doing that. And those are technically auto attacks or technically basic attacks, but... Um, but they also have some ability traits to them when you go through the skill tree and everything. And they did some cool things, like I could knock a character over, which is a, technically a stun in a way. It just is a different animation, I guess you could call it. Um, and that was fun to do, but I never felt like I was getting anywhere other than maybe stunning them for a second or two, and that's it. So 
eventually, once I got to the end of Act 1 and into the early parts of Act 2, I think the abilities had, like, really good combos and stuff. Um, I'm not sure if you felt like... Did, did you find any different types of combos with your characters that were like, oh, yeah, I really, like, gelled with this or gelled with that? It, with Necromancer specifically, yes, absolutely. There, there was almost like a rhythm to it where getting into like one of the strongholds nice. or heavy area weapons or uh, areas that I was like hitting them with my 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 bone spear and then exploding uh, the dead bodies and everywhere, like which is just grotesque and disgusting. But it, it looks so cool. The, yeah. and <laughs> you almost get into like a rhythm of it where it's like hit them with area of attacks. And then um, you're using those dead bodies to explode, causing more dead bodies, like more enemies to die. And then you're kind of rinse and repeat. Then you, you know, you bring up your golems or skeletons uh, in this case. And yeah, it's just, I, I found a really natural progression with the skill tree with the necromancer. It's funny you say, you talk about the druid because those feelings were the exact same things I felt in the, the beta, which I was like, ah, it feels underpowered. I don't really feel right. like it's it's kinetic enough. It, it feels like there's enough oomph uh, with the, the auto attack or even yeah. like the, the base uh, uh, attacks. But it, it's funny that you say that once you get into Act 2 that it starts becoming a little more fleshed out and maybe maybe it just takes a, a little bit to get to that cadence or, or the rhythm. So that's nice to hear because that was the one that really underwhelmed me in the beta period. So maybe i'll give it a shot like down the road uh but i love the necromancer and the uh the skill tree and just the the loop that that gameplay loop of going through okay i have you know five abilities on my you know the hockey section yeah. on the screen it's like okay one two three four five yeah. and then you you know you wait for one cool down and you go back through it. it it's a lot of fun i really enjoy how they've kind of built out the uh the necro this time around yeah, and, and the abilities for the druid, I think I kind of knew what I wanted to pick with the sorcerer. And again, I didn't play the sorcerer as long. I didn't get as far with that character as I did with the druid. But um, but with the druid, I actually, you know, I, I found some items that gave me skill points that I didn't have to unlock. Like you would, some item would say, hey, you get one skill point in you know, whatever, uh, ability C, when I was building around ability A at the time. I was like, well, that's cool. Okay, so now what I'll do is maybe... I'll get rid of that part of the skill tree. I'll, I'll spend a couple coins, which is like almost nothing, which is great. You can do it on the fly. And then I'll focus on this, see how I like that skill. And then I'll sort of play around with that for you know an hour and see if I like the way that that build works and everything. And uh, and that was fun to do too. Like it sort of encouraged. So I, I, I like the skill tree with it as well. I thought that was really awesome. Um, towards the end, I had the combo thing going where I finally got that, that now classic druid ability where you bring the boulder down and it rolls and pushes everybody out of the way and stuff. So I was using that a, a decent amount. That was fun. And then I had an ability with the bear where I could charge forward. So I would get the, um, the boulder to push everybody, some straight into a wall and others out to the side. And then I would use that bear charge to get everybody that got pushed to the side and throw everybody against the wall, essentially. And then I had another ability that had like these giant, I think it's an early one. I, I, I don't know, maybe you had it when you, when you tried it as well, but where it had like two huge stones that just shot out of the, out of the ground and smacked characters in the middle. And it was so satisfying to use that specific ability that I kept it the entire time. And it was super powerful. Um, so I had like those combos that were going to, and, and it's fun to do that. I mean, that's, that's very Diablo as well. And it's very interesting to me when I, as I was playing this, and this is the same even with two and three, is that you have this, like you said, you sort of like rinse, repeat 
this this uh, um, these abilities and and your sort of order like one two three four or, or four five three you know whatever your combo is, um, but yet that doesn't get boring. It doesn't feel boring right. somehow, and I think that's part of it. And this is sort of a transition to something else, but because um, that's that's what we do is you point out transitions and, and segues. That's professional, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It's everything looks and sounds and feels satisfying. And I think that that goes a long way. And it definitely is an improvement in this game over the previous ones. Like there's so much going on. It's it's busy in a good way. And it all looks fantastic. I don't know if you felt uh, any any similar way. Oh my God. I, I think, yeah, bar none, this is the best looking Diablo game. I think this is the one that feels the most like blizzard fulfilled the the fantasy of being in sanctuary during this like dark and dreary time when you know hell is rising up there's a war happening it feels like a war-torn um area where i yeah the lighting effects are awesome the enemy variations are awesome the particles uh when you're attacking different enemies and all the spells or attacks everything just like flashes on the screen in such a way that it looks artistic more than what you're saying it Diablo 2, I think, was a, a main culprit of this. Granted, it was 20 years ago, so you know I, I excuse them, but it, it felt very much like we're just putting stuff on the screen just to kind of make it seem like stuff is happening versus now where it seems like everything is purposeful. Every, everything that pops on the screen feels like it should be there, even just the, like... Given, you know, it's a top down dungeon crawler, but when you're attacking enemies and their limbs get cut off and start, you know, tumbling in the air or enemies like melt into the ground and everything, every like all those little like pieces of of animation, they just go so well together. Um, it, it like a lot of it's gross. A lot of it is just downright terrifying, but that's Diablo for you. And it, it yeah, really does yeah. fulfill the, the whole atmosphere of just this, this really dark game uh that's the only way to put it but it makes it fun it it makes it like enjoyable to go through and just see the beauty of it in like this really weird way like yeah yeah, some of the just the environments even the disgusting uh, beauty (laughs) the disgusting beauty yeah um even like in some of the the strongholds of the dungeons like underneath it it feels wet and gross at times but also just it, it feels very nice to go through because it looks so good uh i don't know if you if you feel the same yeah. No, I, I do. I do. The lighting effect is amazing. All the particle effects, like you said, are great. Um, I think like, I think the sound design around abilities and around the world, like if you're in a dungeon and stuff, things sound different. There's like right. creaking things in the background that you're like, oh, what? like in a quiet, like there's quiet moments, even though there's tons of massive battles, there are some somewhat quiet moments where you're walking through a hallway or whatever. And you just, you hear and sense just what this environment is like. And I think that they, uh, yeah, like you said, they, they sort of nail that feeling and that's a big part of doing something in, or, or being a part of a game like this where you're pulled back, there's a lot of chaos going on and yet somehow you feel like it's real, even though it's all very disgusting and, and exaggerated and, and not real. <laughs> so I think they did a really good job in that. And yeah, they definitely stepped up the game, which, which is understandable. I mean, you know, it's years and years later, so, you know, it's going to be an improvement, um, but, uh, but it's, but it's a significant jump and it definitely is one of the best looking uh, games in this genre for sure. If not the best, because it's the latest and it's the biggest and it's from a massive studio. So, um, and I think it shows, I think they, they went out of their way to make sure that this was a massive, impressive game and it 
all of that stuff is there. And yeah, I, I really, honestly, I really think that the sound design goes a long way. Cause like you said, someone's like burning or charred or, or you, or someone melts away when they're hit with like, like a thing of poison. And it just has like this sizzle to it almost. And it's just like, Oh man, it's so satisfying that I just messed that guy up like that. Like, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Uh, the, the other thing I, I wanted to point out was the uh, the cutscenes in the cinematics because I mean Blizzard historically anytime I see anything that has to do with even even Overwatch or Diablo three uh, Diablo two uh, the the remake all of the cinematics really go a long way to kind of like build the atmosphere and everything. This time around though with Diablo four I feel like not only are they the best looking, the the most immersive and everything, but they do the best uh, job in telling the story. Um, I feel like because they're longer, they have, in my opinion, a lot more dialogue on the screen. Um, I'm I'm all in on. I know we can't talk too much about what the the story, how the story progresses, but I I think that this is the most in I've been in a Diablo. I love the Diablo stories. I I, I think they're really great. Um, but that being said. We, we were talking about this before, but like a lot of the the moment to moment pieces of storytelling kind of get lost. They kind of get jumbled up. It, gun to my head, I probably couldn't tell you a whole lot that happens in Diablo three. But this time around, I'm like, OK, what's what's happening to my character? What how is how is he going to interact with, and, and affect Sanctuary? What's Lilith doing? What's like I, I think they did such a good job of just making the story matter. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with. The fact that you know your character has dialogue, it has uh, kind of this ownership in the world versus just kind of being like this unnamed avatar uh, um, and kind of just voiceless, kind of just being there as a stagnant character. This time around, it does feel like, hey, we're interacting with the world unlike ever before. And yeah, this oh man, some some of the moments uh, throughout the game, I, I really enjoy just from a game or, or storytelling experience because it's something Diablo's never been able to accomplish, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, not not in like a um, uh, a very long term effective way, I guess. Like you, you don't take it away with you as much as you probably could with this. And like you said, I, I think you're right. I think the fact that your character has a voice now and your character's talking to everybody and it's a lot more involved. Like you are your character and you are in it rather than, Hey, you're just your hero number 1020. That's, that's come through today. Um, let's just, let's just get through it and, and kill some demons, you know? So, um, which you're still doing obviously, but, uh, but it's, it feels more meaningful for sure. And, um, and that's great. You know, no, no details aside, it, it feels good. So, um, I guess uh, I want to sort of touch on the fact that you wrote here, which is an important thing to, to sort of note, uh, acknowledgement of economy and the fact that seasonal content in Battle Pass was not something that we were uh, able to experience. Uh, another one of the things that we, I, you know, it wasn't there. It's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world. We're sort of talking about just the gameplay and stuff. But if anyone has a question of exactly how that works and everything, that's live when the game goes live. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I said that because I forgot about it off the top. So that's one of the things that we know we know about it. We've learned about it since um, in the last few weeks and stuff. But uh, I don't know if there was anything that we may have missed on that. But I think that's pretty much it. It just was in-game coins economy. And that's pretty much what we have to deal with. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's Yeah, it, I mean... It's understandable. We were kind of put into a, a, a review build that, you know, it was pre-seasonal. So it's only natural that we wouldn't get the battle pass, um, 
get to see like what's in the shop, for instance, with like armor sets and stuff like that. I would have liked to see how right. the pricing model right. is handled. Uh, obviously, that's a very lingering question is like, okay, so I want to, you know, get the, the best looking... Uh, you know, druid or or rogue out there. How much is that going to cost me? That's that's definitely a concern. Some players are going to definitely have out there, but thankfully, you know, Blizzard has been pretty transparent in that it's all cosmetic. Uh, no, nothing yeah. that you buy from the shop is yeah. going to give you like a, a a PvP advantage or anything like that. Uh, so rest assured with yeah. uh, from from that uh, perspective. But that being said, we haven't been able to touch it at all, so we don't we don't know anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we just know what they've told us so far. So we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll, everyone will be able to test it out and and either be happy with it or complain, and we probably know where that's going to go. So, <laughs> um, all right. So I, I think we we've touched on a decent amount of stuff, but we'll probably touch on a lot of it with some of, with a lot of the questions that we have. So let's let's get to some of those um, because we'll you know there's things that we've talked about, but we'll. We'll, we'll get to them. So, um, Steve, why don't, why don't you uh, why don't you throw out there a couple of questions and we'll we'll take it from there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Graham, he he wrote in at GMT GTM six one eight. He asked, "Does it feel like a rehash of previous games, or does it, or does it feel like there's something uh, new with it?" Um, and I'll I'll answer this right off the top before for jumping uh, jumping over to you, but um, I feel like this does the best job of making Sanctuary feel like a living world. It's quote unquote an open world in terms of you know the the way that you're able to go through each of the the five areas. There, Sanctuary is you know split up into five major like hubs uh, and acts essentially um so going through it it's all very fluid um going in and out of you know underground layers uh, dungeons uh, strongholds stuff like that but then you you know you come out to this more open area and i think this is the best diablo 4 does it the best where it actually feels like you're going from town to town versus where for instance, Diablo three, it kind of felt very linear. And then you're almost in kind of, I don't want to c- compare one-to-one, but kind of like a God of War as like you're in a self-contained hub. It might feel open in that very singular area, but you are kind of just being streamlined from point A to point B at the end of the day. This, for instance, you're you're open to go realistically wherever you want. You'll st- accidentally stumble in an area that might have some higher enemies, and they'll let you know really quick. Uh, but I I think this one does a really good job of progressing what Diablo is, whether it's the the gameplay, the the exploration, and just the overall aesthetic. Um, so I feel like yes, it, it's a rehash in some ways, but that's purposeful. It's it's taking what's worked before and just kind of fixes and tweak what hasn't and kind of modernizes what is now nearly a 30 year old franchise. Yeah, no, I, I, I have the exact, I have exact same feelings where I just think like, yes, your you have your ability bar, you have your health, you have your mana or whatever it's called for your character. Um, your spirit, I think it was for the Druid. Anyways, all that stuff is there. It's all the same. It's all, you know, it all works. It's, it's all very familiar, but familiar in a good way. But all of that stuff, like we've talked about before, looks better, feels better. Uh, the world around you is larger. I, I found myself, you know, again, we'll probably touch on this as we go, but um, I found myself getting lost in a good way of doing a, a quest here, a side quest there, helping this person, helping that person. I think if I didn't do that, 
I probably may have gotten a little bit further into the actual like acts and everything, but I felt compelled to do that. And it draws you to areas that you didn't know you were going to go to, or it goes back to areas that you were before and puts you in dungeons or strongholds or certain, certain spots that you haven't been to. And it feels rewarding. And all of that stuff is an improvement and something that previous games in this franchise didn't have. There's aspects of it, but it wasn't like, okay, go out into the world and, um, you know, find a random dungeon that you can spend an hour in. The dungeons you used to go to were dungeons because there was a main quest there and everything. Now, it could either be something you stumble upon, and or it could be like a side quest that someone takes you to. And that's great. And then at the end of the day, you get some rewards out of it and everything. So all of that is an improvement. So yeah, like I think I agree. Like, like you said, there are some things that feel similar, but they're all improved upon and they're all expanded upon. And thus far, all feel feel that way as well. They What they did to improve them and expand them, it, you can tell and you can feel it and you can see it. So I, I think that's a good thing too. Yeah. Well, one thing I just want to leapfrog off uh, what, something you said before we get back to, to more questions is um, how pur- purposeful a lot of these uh, dungeons feel. Um, I, I feel like to, to your point, yeah, you have your main story, which, you know, if you're there just for the story, you can power through them all. Uh, totally. Uh, th- that's totally valid if, if that's your your jam. But to me, uh, one thing I really loved were the side quests, the supplemental content of like talking to someone in a in a town and then be like, hey, uh, can you help me? And they'll take you out into the wilderness. You'll follow them, go in there, help them out in a dungeon. And then all of a sudden that that singular moment then transpires into like an actual story on its own. Like there is like a through line yeah, between that yeah. one character. You'll see them like a couple hours later and they'll be like, Hey, thank you so much for helping me. This is like the outcome of that, that side quest. Now help me again. And it's, it's, it's something that's never been done in, uh, in Diablo before. Um, it, it feels ever expansive. It gives you more to do. That doesn't just feel like busy work. Cause to your point with Diablo two, Diablo three specifically, yeah, you'd find the random dungeon out in the wilderness. You go in and it's like, okay, I'm just beating up and killing, you know, demons, get to the end, find some treasure, and then I'm leaving. The only thing that's really out there mm-hmm. in, in Sanctuary in, in that in that map was the main story. You're just trying to find your way to get to the next area, find the waypoint, get to the, you know, uh, the next story beat. But here it's like, well, yeah, you could just power through the the main story or you could you know help out and go through every little blue exclamation mark that's on your map which there are a ton of as as you get through the game thankfully you know yeah. the map and the ui does a really good job of kind of leading you and telling you where what you're doing and why you're doing it but there's so much to do in this game um that's not just hey get to point a get through each act and just roll credit so you can start up a new character there's a lot of really great stuff um but yeah, yeah, that's something I really wanted to touch on because I, I think Diablo 4 just excels in that supplemental content. Uh, another question we have yeah, uh, yeah. comes from Court Lalonde, a uh, friend of the show. He asked, how much time will this game suck or how much will this game suck all of my free time? And buddy, if you've never played a Diablo 4, and this goes out for anyone out there, if Diablo 4 is your first Diablo game, prepare to spend hundreds of hours in this. And this isn't like, hyperbole going back to what i was saying before i think you can easily just mainline the story get a lot out of that and kind of maybe bookshelf the game for a little bit 
But I think that if you are really invested in trying out all the characters, trying out the battle pass, uh, playing on all the other difficulty modes uh, like Nightmare and stuff like that, and um, yeah, you can you can spend hundreds of hours, and I've done so uh, between all all of the Diablos. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm fully prepared to have my summer be taken over by this game. Um, I can already see it. I'm really invested in this game so far. So. Yeah. If, uh, how about you, Dave? Do you do you expect this to be a uh, another Diablo where you're just all in? Yeah. No. I I, I fully fully do. I um, I think we talked about it when we uh, went through at least the first beta weekend. Anyway, of how seasons work and all that. Like in in Diablo three, seasons never caught my eye in the same way because I was like, oh, I get a character and then everything gets wiped. Like, how is that rewarding? Um, so I know that that's kind of what just seasons are, but I want to know sort of what I get out of it. Like, is it, it's sort of like, it's sort of like people's debate with, with their feelings about how battle passes are, right? Like, am I going to get out of this? What I want to get out of it is it feel rewarding enough. I felt like it wasn't for me in seasons. So I'm going to work through the story for the first month or six weeks or whatever it is until season one comes out. I'm going to have a great time with that. And I'm probably going to do as much of this side stuff as I possibly can. Um, and that's one of the reasons why this game will take all of your time is because yes, you can go from main quest to main quest to main quest and everything. But I do think that it's probably structured in a way where like, well, you know, you'll do a couple of extra dungeons. You do a couple of extra side quests that'll bump you up a little bit in your skill tree and get your levels up and everything. And it might not take as much time as, as I took with these side quests, but you're still going to get something out of it. And there's a whole lot of extra added content here, which we haven't touched on just yet, but you know, you do a side quest or you do a certain dungeon and stuff, and you're going to get account perks or extra stats that have on your specific character or that gets shared across multiple characters as well. So I think that is aspects and the codex or codex power codex or codex of power, codex of power and aspects. That's, that's what those are. Right. So I know I'm sort of transitioning to something else, but like all of these things come into play that are going to reward you for putting your time in and not just, hey, it's season one, hey, it's season two. There's all these other things that come along with it that are not even just story-based and not even just act-based or season-based. So there's other things that are happening. You might not even know that you're accumulating these points as you go, and then you stumble across them a bit, and you're like, oh, well, that felt rewarding for the last two hours, two and a half hours that I just played. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it as well. So I, I had a question, a friend of mine asked what how the aspects in the Codex of Power was. And, um, and I find it to be a really great addition. I think there's a, there's a lot going on here. I think there's a lot of extra things. There's a lot of like things that you're collecting and experience for this and renowned for that. And it, it seems very overwhelming, but you don't necessarily have to track all of it all the time. A lot of it happens in the background. And I think that's a good thing because it doesn't overwhelm you too much. I don't know if you, if you notice any of that. No, 100%. I think to your point, I think a lot of it is um, more rewarding in the long run because to your point, yeah, the the renown, for instance, you, yeah, you can track it if you want to get really nerdy with it. Um, or what I do is just play the game as I normally would. And then all of a sudden I get a notification on the screen that says, hey, you've reached this you know, milestone, go into this menu, select it, and then you get re your reward. And I think that's really great. Because um, I, I, with, with the, uh, the codex of power and the, uh, the aspects, I'm always reminded of the, the books in Diablo 3, where you'll find a book and it's like, 
Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Like it just felt like again, we're we're there's additive <laughs> content, there's busy work in this game that doesn't really amount to anything. I love the fact that not only are you building renown for your character that you're playing then, but then you're also, you know, finding the shrines that give you that that ex that that perk that goes across all your like your entire account. So it does feel like, okay, if I grind out this first playthrough, like you're saying, like six weeks, grind through, do all the side content that I can. I'm setting myself up better for that second season, right? When I want to run Sorcerer, I'm actually going to have a better experience playing the Sorcerer because, you know, I've put in the work with this Necromancer and stuff like that. Whereas in previous Diablos, it was basically, okay, well, maybe, yeah, you can you can find a piece of armor that you put into your stash that you can carry over to the next one um, and kind of share that way. But this one feels very much, a little more substantive in, in my opinion, where, you're you're setting yourself up to have a bit like a much better experience um and, and you don't have to act actively think about it i think that's the big thing it, it's, it's all in the back of your mind if you want to get really uh in depth and be like okay well i'm gonna go to this shrine because that one gives me the boost of x y or z cool or you could just do it all and then not even have to really worry about it which i'm kind of there for where it's like i'm just gonna Go through the checkboxes because I because I love that stuff about open world games. It, it's very much like the Ubisoft model where it's go through, make sure every area is one hundred percented, and then I move on to the next. And that's kind of what Diablo Four sets itself up to be, and in a in a good way. I, I mean that as a compliment. It doesn't feel like it's it's busy work or it's just there for the sake of it. It all does feed into this like in game economy where um, there's a lot to get out of it. So I I really like the aspects and the and the codex power. It, it feels good. Yeah, it does. And I think uh, I think that's another important point to make, like you said, too, is um, there are certain dungeons or certain elites that you can you can uh, defeat that will give you particular aspects or particular codex of power that if you really want to go for it, you can you can search it out. You just hover your icon over that dungeon and it'll say this is what it's going to give you. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's great. That's cool. And, and obviously you're going to gather stuff as you're fighting through that dungeon as well. It's just part of the game. But uh, but that's cool. I, I, I didn't go for anything in particular because, you know, it's early in your account and stuff. But as you go, you know, some of that stuff is specific to classes as well. So you might come across something that is more specific to a class that you're... I don't know if this is true. I, I actually don't know if this is the case. But if you find one that isn't for your necromancer, but it's for... Your barbarian, can you do that, or are all of these going to be class specific? I'm, I'm sort of asking you, or asking the ether, I guess, a little bit. I don't know if that's how they structured it. If every aspect or every dungeon you go in, are you going to get something that's going to affect your current character or your whole account, or will you potentially find one that is for a different class? My understanding is that yeah, you'll find it. It'll say like what like you were saying when you hover over it, it will say, you know druid plus 10 whatever um and then you go in and it will apply that to the druid whenever you play it so you're not actively getting something for your character that you're playing right now it's kind of just being banked uh for if and when you do end up playing as a druid or a barbarian or etc or like you said you could just go after all the the dungeons that uh apply that buff to the character you're playing as it's it's really up to you the other the other cool thing is that you could do it cooperatively so if your friend is like hey i'm running rogue 
can we go do this dungeon together? And I know that's going to lead into another question, but there is that cooperative aspect to it where, you know, you can bounce, bounce off each other. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the co-op stuff because um, I, my experience with, with Diablo, more so Diablo 2, because it was like, oh my God, dial up internet. I can play video games with my friends now. That's why it was like more of like a thing. But Diablo 3, I actually played a decent amount solo. And um, I ran into a couple other people that had review codes and, and you know, had, had pre-release stuff like we did when I was when I was playing the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, a couple dungeons and whatever. And we just sort of moved on. We weren't like actively chatting or anything like that. And, and it was fine. It, it worked. It worked pretty seamlessly. But I guess like part of the question of what it is in a lot of games and, you know, recent games as well. I think Redfall was one of the examples where if you're playing co-op, Will your account also level up? Will you be able to do your quests? Will everything be shared? Like, are you fighting over loot? Like, all those types of things, um, uh, questions pop up when it's an open PvP big game and you need to sink time into this and you want to feel rewarded for putting your time in. Fair enough. I mean, I think at this point, it should just happen. Um, but, uh, but Diablo 4, as far as I know, unless I missed a memo here on it, you play with a friend just like it was in other ones, you're going to progress just like they are. And especially like your own experience and items you find and everything. I don't know if quests are the same. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if you know that. So, oh man, it's I'm, I'm about 80% certain that it works as if... So if I join you in your lobby, in your game, if we both talk to the quest giver receive the quest and this could be a main quest a side quest go complete that and we speak the same person finish that quest that quest is then completed in my game not as the host like i'm i'm coming into your party i'm pretty sure that's how it works uh i'm pretty sure um because I, i've tested it around throughout the 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 review period the beta period and etc it's just that yes if you start the quest you have to finish the quest bring it then pop out and then yeah um that progression carries over um i'm 80 percent sure if 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 i'm wrong i'm wrong but i i'm 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 feeling pretty certain that's the case and because i remember that throughout you know playing i'm you know i i don't know how many hours i put into the game across all, all these these months and these builds and everything but at no point did i feel uh you know slighted in that you know i jumped into someone else's game play with them for hours on end or whatever, jump down and I'm like, oh, I didn't make any progress in my game and vice versa. I've never heard any complaints from friends jumping in with me, playing through it, jumping into their game and be like, oh, well, we just went through, you know, this, you know, two or three main story uh, quests. Now I have to redo it. I've, I've never heard of that, nor have I experienced that myself, but I just want to, no, you know, put a they, little bit of a, really... a thing there. Go ahead. Yeah, and and all of that stuff was in place in Diablo three. So I, I, it's it is what it is. The only question I have, which I did not get a chance to experience personally, and again, maybe I missed this memo as well, is if I'm level twenty five and someone comes into my game, or I go into someone else's game and they are level ten, how does the leveling of the enemies work? Can I play with that friend that is a different level? That's the question I have over anything else. I feel like everything gets scaled, but I don't know that for sure. And we, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, same kind of thing. I'm not 100% certain. I know the scaling is in effect, but I don't know what that scaling looks like um, in terms of 
how far down, how far up it, people get bumped. But yeah, um, maybe maybe by the time we uh, record the next episode, we can kind of talk about that because I, I would be very curious in that because every time I've played, I've been playing with players relatively the same uh, level uh, as me. Um, so that's never really been an issue, but I am kind of curious. So yeah, if in the fact, you know, launch date happens, run it for a couple of weeks and then you know a friend of mine just happens to pick it up and starts playing what's going to happen to that friend does he automatically get the scaling up or do enemies kind of scale down to him in in some like middle ground that's yes a, that's an interesting one I'm not, I'm yeah not sure. so this is this is super super professional as as we look look this up as we talked about i ask my ask and answer potentially my own questions um is that it does it looks like the way that they've described it it's again like a little bit it's clear, but it's a little bit unclear is that um, if you are 25 and 10 or 25, it doesn't matter what the levels are. Um, the enemies will, will scale to what your level is on your screen. And so okay. basically what it is, is like the health bar, for example, just sort of adjusts itself to what it would be to you, which takes a lot of processing power. I'm not, not going to lie. That's pretty impressive that that's how it's going to work. Um, it doesn't like, you know, if you're, if you're level 20 and level 10, it's not like everyone's level 15. You know, it doesn't just make all the enemies like that. Like that would be like a very simple, but also not as rewarding way to do it. So um, you're going to get a very similar type of um, challenge, I guess you could say, if you're, if you're rolling together. Because I think as the game goes on, that's more, like you said, what, since we've been playing, everyone's kind of started at the same time or very similar. So you're going to run into people that are basically the same level or, or within a couple Whereas in six months or in four months from now, there's going to be people all over the place. Like they're going to, there's going to be numbers everywhere that you're going to hit paragon levels, all that kind of stuff. It's all going to be in there. It's just a matter of, you know, um, who you're matching up with or it's, let's be honest. We're, we're not going to get everybody together the exact same night to play the exact same quests and level at the exact same time. So at some point, even with your friends, you're going to be off by a few. So um, so it's it's going to work that way, and then all the loot is is individual. So you're not fighting over things that fall on the ground. Uh, you see Which that really huge. that gold yeah. bar shoot up to the sky. It's uh, you know so that that makes a big difference, and and that's nice to have. I don't I don't really love that kind of aspect of it. So um, so that's good. I, I like that that they they've made sure that that's how that's working as well. Because um, Diablo is about loot, man. It's it's a big part of it. So um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that answered a, a couple questions. Um, you know, Michael, our power, he, he wrote in as well. He said, how does co-op progression work? We, we kind of answered that. Is it better than Redfall? I would say so. <laughs> I think uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Um, but two, two kind of back-to-back -back ones. We'll start with Mr. At Mr. Badbet. He asked, how do you play another game when Zelda is out? How many times did you hear uh, the call to go back to Tears of the Kingdom? And I think that's a really great question, especially for me, who's been, you know, loving uh, the new Zelda. Uh, I mean, you, you've been playing your own, your own games, you know, Jedi Survivor and everything like that. Uh, for me, yeah, of course, uh, you know, it, it sucks that, well, it sucks, but it's a good thing that there are so many great games coming out right now. But the fact of the matter is, as good as Zelda is, as good as, you know, I you know I would love to play that full time and just, you know, dedicate all my time to that. Diablo is so good that it could tear me away from Zelda. And I think that's a testament to Diablo 4. I mean, 
granted, I'm a huge Diablo fanboy. I've I've loved it my entire life and everything. So it's a no-brainer that I'm going to play that game, especially because we had it for review, getting ready for this episode and everything. But it is the fact that as much as I'm enjoying Zelda and I'm enjoying going through that, there was Diablo right there for me. And I, I jumped in, you know, and, and was enjoying it the entire time. So I don't know about you. Like, I, I know you were playing some, some other games uh, in the background, but Diablo 4, like... What what was Diablo for calling to you in the way that wasn't like okay I'm I'm just reviewing it so I should uh, should go to it or was it in the back of your head being like well I'd like to play you know Jedi Survivor but I really want to play Diablo I'm gonna go play Diablo what was it with uh, with you I mean Star Wars specifically um i was very close to the end i have wrapped it since we last spoke about it but it was very i was very close to the end and then we got a hold of playing being able to play diablo 4 and it definitely delayed even that last hour of the game or hour and a bit of the game which is saying a lot because i was like i was right there and i kind of knew i was right there i didn't know exactly how long but i was like oh i, I you know they're setting it up and whatever and that's great um but yeah no that definitely drew me away from finishing which did not help my final uh, battles in Star Wars because uh, my my uh, muscle memory was a little bit off in those last couple fights. So that was <laughs> I was like I should have just kept the momentum going. But uh, but that and, and you know what you you meant I, it's it's no Tears of the Kingdom, but I am playing a Zelda game at the moment because it's on the Switch Online for the first time. I'm playing Minish Cap and I'm, I'm really liking it. So that's kind of my like palate cleanser of Diablo 4 at the moment. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun game so far. I like it. feels a little bit more bite-sized than the other ones, but in a good way. Um, so yeah, that's that's my alternative <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> um, and, and then the follow-up to Mr. Badbit's question comes from Splitend89. He says, here's a follow-up. <laughs> How do you uh, how do you ever get faith back in gaming when you reviewed Redfall and Gollum back to back? Now I I didn't touch Gollum. I know that that was a big controversy online. Um, I feel bad for Daedalic uh, Entertainment. That that was a rough week they've had a uh, had for them. Um, but I mean, granted, I I enjoyed Redfall for what it was. I I know that one uh, didn't have the smoothest launch either. Uh, but again, I I think we are in just such a great moment uh, in gaming where we're able to have all these really awesome games come out tears of the kingdom diablo 4 right now so yeah i've got faith 2023 is one hell of a year for gaming and just having this back-to-back uh with jedi survivor uh zelda now diablo uh, faith faith hasn't gone anywhere and in fact i'm in i'm in the church of lilith i'm i'm praying to that demon demon god uh it's a good time for gaming uh, we, we have another question here. Uh, where do you see guilds going? Are they more of a social group than a, a game utility? I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you, your thoughts are, are on this. I, I mean, this is um, like the sort of clan type of yeah. part of the game, right? So, you know, and, and that and that's, that's fine. To me, it's never really been a part of that. I just want to, if I'm going to play with people that I know and keep a, team going or whatever just be like hey i'm gonna get together with my friends and it is what it is so i didn't really play around with that in this in this time so i don't know exactly like how great it is at the moment or whatever i think some of the people that had codes like we did created like a a a guild and invited me i was like okay sure i'll be a part of that but i never really checked in with it so um i personally can't really say like oh my god it is so much better than what it was before Look, pooling experience together, pooling, uh, you know, easy ways to sort of 
connect with other people, even if they're random and not just your friends or whatever. Always a good thing to encourage that because it seems like this game really wants you to play with other people, even if they're not your best friend, you know, or, or, or anything like that. Like, that's great. I think that's a good way to handle it and everything. But uh, I, I think if they give you enough rewards and it ends up being something, you know, that's that's fine. But I don't, for me, it's not going to make or break my experience personally. I'm right there with you. I, I, I think it's cool. Uh, definitely, especially if, you know, you have a much larger pool of friends to kind of get together and say, okay, we're all going to sign up for the, this guild. That way, if, you know, you, Dave, you and me can't jump online, there's still other people that you can kind of pull from and kind of um, leverage in terms of, you know, getting that shared XP and those progression systems in there. I, I think it's a cool system. Am I one to kind of track down and chase guilds? Not really, but um, I'm glad they're there for those that kind of like them. And especially because you can, you know, add your banner, get your name and everything. That stuff is always really nice. So um, I'm glad it's there, but it's, it's not, it's not a mandatory thing for me to kind of explore. Um, yeah. Um, other, uh, other questions here. I'm just kind of running through them because there was some stuff that we weren't able to talk about, like the PVP stuff. Um, uh, I don't really have that much to talk about, uh, other than stuff that comes from like the beta, but I kind of just want to talk about the, the review period, um, specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's one from, um, uh, yeah, for oh, me, the no, I was just say for me, PvP, and I've said this to friends before too, is that uh, it's never really been great in Diablo. I don't really care for it, and I didn't experience things like the world boss. I know it's not PvP, but the world boss I didn't experience still because it just it wasn't there when I was playing, and I missed it in the beta times. But to me, the 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 bigger draw for me personally is coming across these small events or the world bosses or whatever. And doing that with other people rather than fighting other people. I know there will be more rewards. It's going to be cosmetics. You're going to get these cool things that you can put on your character and everything. But I, I still, it could, it could be a better time than it has been in the past. But I still personally, for me, that's not the draw of a Diablo game at all. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm there to fight the, the big ass boss and crazy elites with crazy loot that they're going to give me, that's what I want out of this game. And if I can do that with friends or even with random people that you come across in the world, that's why I want to play this game. So PvP, it's cool. If it's your thing, it sounds like they're they're amping it up a bit, but um, but it's not going to be my thing. I don't I don't think unless unless something comes down the line. But for now, it's not that. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. I'm I'm right there with you. We obviously didn't get that much time to kind of experiment with it. But to be honest, I didn't really feel like I I missed out on anything only because. To your point, I'm not really in Diablo to face off against other players and stuff like that. I in the beta, I I did do the world boss actually twice, once successfully, once got my ass kicked. So it it definitely is one of those community building events where everyone jumps online, everyone goes for it. I'm really interested in those. And to your point, where you find like the world events where you're just going through and then all of a sudden there's like a five minute countdown five minute yeah countdown where you know you you can jump in help out other players everyone's kind of going for this one objective if you if you complete it um you get uh uh rewards if you get the the bonus reward even better so that's the stuff that i really like i like that they're drawing i don't know how many other games really do it but that diablo or uh, that destiny-esque um 
environment where you know you're going through the map and just kind of seeing these procedurally generated world events i love that stuff uh so i'm glad that diablo is kind of taking it and adapting it to it to its own thing so i'm in for the more like pve uh, content that diablo has versus the pvp uh, here's a good one from at Carpool Gaming. If Diablo was a pizza, what kind of pizza would it be? Ooh, I think because it is chaotic and because a lot of it is uh, either related or is coming from hell, it's got to be something spicy. I think they got to have some spice in there. Um, I- I'm, a, I'm a big fan of spicy sausage. Like if you're going to get a spicy meat on a pizza, uh, that would work for me. So I would get a little spicy sausage and maybe toss in, um, Hey, you gotta have some cheese in there too. Cause, uh, sometimes, uh, Diablo can be cheesy cause it's, uh, cause it's a goofy world every once in a while. It's not exactly taking itself seriously, even though it is very dark, but it is a little bit cheese ball sometime in the dial, the dialogue. So, uh, a little spicy sausage, a little bit of cheese, and uh, I'm a fan of spinach as well. I'll toss some spinach in there just because I like it. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I like that. I'm also going to add in a little bit of like hot honey drizzle over it because, uh, oh man, the gameplay is so sweet. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this guy's got it figured out. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. The ultimate, the ultimate pizza, the ultimate Diablo pizza. Um, let's, uh, let's give Domino's a call, you know, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, is there anything else that we didn't talk about? Um, cause that's, that's about the, all the questions we got in, but I'm trying to figure out if there's anything we missed. Um, I, I feel like we touched on a lot of the gameplay, a lot of the, the stuff to do, uh, throughout the world, um, within sanctuary. I, I, I guess one of the, the things we didn't really talk about was uh, the menus, like the UI and also just the, um, the loop mm-hmm. of finding gear. And the loot too. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The loot. Let's, let's yeah. talk about that stuff. Cause I think that that's inherently a big part of what Diablo is. Uh, did you, did you like the improvements, yeah. uh, the UI, the menus going through them? Did you find it kind of like chaotic or did you find it more or less streamlined? So for me, I played on PC and I will probably continue to play on PC. I just, I'm always, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've always, up until this point, I did, I did play some uh, Diablo 3 on Xbox or PS4 when it came out eventually for that. And I was like, oh, wow, this really works well with the controller. It's, it's a great game. But there's more going on in this. And I did put it on PC. I also want to get it on PC so I could also play it on the keyboard because that's, it's still natural for me. To sort of have that and one of the reasons why i also in- continue to enjoy the keyboard and why i eventually stuck to it more than the controller which actually surprised me i thought i was going to stay with the controller um is that uh, i've had a decent amount of experience with mobas since uh, diablo 3 came out and they have skill bars at the bottom they're very similar to what it is here where you have a skills in a row and whether you're using one two three four or QWERT, like which is what I switched it to. I, I bumped it down one so I could reach it a little more. My my hands aren't that big, so I just sort of it's more comfortable. Um, <laughs> and, um, and and I can customize my controls a, a little bit more. Like you can still customize a controller, no problem. But um, I have a couple extra buttons on the side of my mouse that I could do, like my dodge button. I move to my to the mouse button instead of it being the space bar or some letter on the keyboard and stuff. So that's sort of part of the, the UI a little bit, but I think I was able to manage the menus and I was able to manage uh, going into other menus and stuff just quicker and seem more seamless with the mouse, 
rather than um, flipping through things. Like I don't love, um, you know, when games like Dia- uh, Diablo, uh, Destiny does this where, you know, the alternative to what could be a complicated menu and a lot of information is you kind of move a sort of mouse cursor with your joystick. I get why they do that, but I don't love the way that feels. It never feels natural. I don't, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. This doesn't have that, but because it doesn't, there's a lot of things you got to click through just to like go check your stats or to compare one item to another when you pick up something new. And it felt much easier to do that with a mouse and keyboard for me than it did using the controller. So eventually after about, I would say about three or four hours I switched to the mouse and keyboard and I stuck to it for the remainder of the I don't know, 10 or 12 on top of that, that I did extra. So I don't find them to be super overwhelming. I can follow it all, but I found it easier to go through everything with the mouse and keyboard over the controller. So I, I you know, it's all that's sort of related, but um, maybe I felt better about it because I was using a different interface in order to interact with all those menus. Yeah, I can totally, um, see how you'd come down with that because well for one i i'm just astounded that they're able to get diablo to kind of run on a console and because largely because of how the the control scheme is and how the ui uh, and the menu system is because it is very much you can even see it this is made for the keyboard and mouse to kind of go through methodically click and do all that i mean that's where diablo came from was on mouse and keyboard so that only makes sense but i do think that when compared to Diablo 3, I think that there are, are a lot of um, just UI and controller scheme improvements. It does feel a little better when compared to like the older game um, on a controller. I've been playing it exclusively on Xbox. I agree that I just feel like inherently it would be better on a mouse and keyboard. But that being said, I, I think it's manageable on an Xbox controller. You can still get through by, you know, thumbing through with the, uh, the shoulder buttons and stuff like that. Um, so it's not going to, it's not going to hinder your experience, but it's not going to be one-to-one with a keyboard and mouse. I think that one is the more natural, more, uh, more um, streamlined version of it, but you can still have a lot of fun just playing with a uh, controller. Obviously you can customize a whole lot, especially if you have an Xbox elite, you can, you know, create your own profile for Diablo and just kind of have it uh, tweaked and customized to your preference. Um, But that being said, I I think that they've done a really good job of kind of changing what, Diablo 3 had and making it modern for Diablo 4 on console. Uh, it's not perfect, but I, I think it's as good as it's going to probably get, to be honest, uh, without just... You'd have to reinvent the the wheel at that point. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have to... You, you literally would have to put, like, a wheel on the controller or something to create more yeah. more, more buttons or something, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, anyways, that, that's sort of, like, the controls and stuff like that, but as far as the loot goes... Uh, which is somewhat related because you are going through details of the loot and all that kind of stuff. Um, when you are managing your menus and your and your inventory and everything, um, you know, you're still inventory management. There's still a lot of that with it and stuff. But uh, for the most, I think I commented on this when we were talking about the close, when I played the closed beta, I found that at that time, I found a lot of uh, throwaway stuff, a lot of gray items and blue items that were just like, eh, I don't know. You know, this, this stuff just feels like I'm just picking up junk. Literally, I mark it as junk and would just, treated as junk i i know that's part of it it's definitely part of it because you, you're supposed to gather items break them down or sell them and stuff that's just part of the loop and the economy of the way diablo games work and this is no different um there's still a decent amount of that but i definitely found more 
powerful, more items with sockets, more interesting items that did different things when I played this than I did with the closed beta. I don't know for certain if those particular things uh, were improved or changed drastically, but I definitely found what I found to be more rewarding this time than I did uh, you know, two months ago when the when the closed beta was was open. So I, I I hope you had a similar experience or or anything like that. Yeah, no. Uh, so back in the beta, I didn't have that much of an issue with the quote unquote like the junk weapons. Uh, I found them to be actually pretty pretty balanced. But I totally see what you you were saying back in the day where you were going through and just junking a lot of like the the the, the grade uh, weapons and stuff like that. Um, this time around, I'm so happy that you said that because. In the back of my mind, I was like, they must have balanced out the rarities, getting, uh, you know, more impactful weapons on the ground and everything. Or I'm just like fooling myself because it did feel very much like, oh, I'm actually finding, you know, <laughs> it's, necklaces. It's, probably partially, and it's partially that too. It's got to be. <laughs> it has to be uh, because, yeah, I was finding stuff that I actually wanted to hold on to versus just being like, well, I already have all the stuff I want. I'm just going to. Been it been all this stuff after a dungeon, just keep like one item. I was actually going through and I was like, Oh, I'm 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 continuously like swapping out my weapons here. This feels really good. This feels like what Diablo should be, where you're always pulling something out, putting something back in the sockets too. Sockets were something that I hardly ever found in the beta, and I don't know if that was by design and maybe that they're just readily like putting them into the this final build but i found myself like oh okay now i'm actually getting sockets for armor for weapons and stuff like that so uh, i'm glad you brought that up because i do feel uh, a big difference between older builds and this new one yeah for sure and and also um you know it, it's it sounds like it's a bad thing but to like have to make tough decisions about what you want to switch to based on not even just the power number, which is at the top, which is sort of like this overall number thing, which which happens, you know, happens in Destiny, happens in other uh, games like this, happened in Diablo before. Like all of that stuff is very common, but it's everything underneath that makes your choice more difficult to be like, okay, what's the trade-off here? And I found myself holding onto items that maybe had a lower power level or a lower amount of armor, for example, and maybe being like, okay, well, maybe I have to switch over to this because it has better, you know elemental uh, armor or because this item has a different skill point in it that I want to try and build around or something. And I held onto those items in my inventory and didn't automatically junk them just because it was, you know, minus 15 at the power level, you know, compared to the other one that was, you know, plus 20 or something like that, or plus a hundred or whatever. Like those choices are good. That's part of what you're supposed to be able to do. And, and it felt, it, it it's stressful, I guess, in a way, but it, but in a in a good way. It's a good problem to have, I guess. Um, if they're building the loop properly and they're doing it like that, and making you make those decisions, I think that goes that goes a long way for sure. And the game does a really good job of uh, enabling you to kind of compare the two weapons or two pieces of armor together. Um, in in previous games, it was it was a little bit of a chore to kind of go through and be like okay well i want to compare this sword with this other with an axe or something and kind of go through this one it makes it very apparent like okay this is what you're comparing and this is this is why this other piece of armor is is better than what you're wearing right now so yeah little improvements like that go a long way for me at least yeah for sure um all right well i think we've kind of tackled as much as we probably can remember i i, I think that's you know like we said this is a review in progress 
Um, it is, uh, as much as we experienced through it, I think we made ourselves, um, you know, we had a decent amount of time <clears throat> with it, excuse me, but, um, but we're going to have more and more time, dozens and dozens of more hours. And as you said, Steve, if this is going to take up our summer, you're definitely going to be hearing us talk about it. So <laughs> that's, it. Um, that's, uh, that's going to be for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. the, the final thing to kind of just wrap everything up is like, are you happy with where Diablo Four is at this current moment? Um, before we, you know, as we as we speed up to launch and everything, are you recommending people jump into this if they they haven't played Diablo Four? Are you? Do you think that long time Diablo fans are going to be happy with this game? Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts before I uh, before I cap off with mine. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that if you first, if you have played the Diablo series before, let's say you skip three, or let's say you only played one and three, or or just two, or whatever it is, um, you know, you you may know what kind of game this is, but I think there's going to be. I think I, I found myself being more and more impressed with just how much there was to do and what was available, and it's hard to remember that past games, especially two, which I think was one of the games that maybe we've talked about it before, spent hundreds of hours in. This you'll spend hundreds of hours in and, and have more and more stuff to do because it's available, not because you're just on repeat and just doing the same thing over and over again. So if you've played Diablo before and you've enjoyed it, I think there is tons of stuff that you're going to get out of this. Um, and I don't stuff mean like just loot. I just mean there's lots here to do. So uh, there's that. And if you have not played Diablo before, you know, this may seem overwhelming because there's a lot of systems going on and everything, but I think it's it's a, still a reasonable onboard, and I still think that there's a lot here that if you've been a gamer in the last decade, but you haven't played Diablo, you're going to recognize some systems, you're going to recognize what this may look and feel like, but it's going to be a game that you can definitely um, kick ass in and enjoy your time. And, um, you know, not everyone enjoys this type of isometric uh, adventure and, and, and loot kind of game and stuff, that's totally fine. Then you're probably not going to jump into this. But if you're vaguely interested, I so far, I think this is going to be a, a damn good game and something worth your time. Yep. Likewise, I think for me, after all these hours I put into this game, I think this is 2023's version of Diablo 2 in the best way possible. Um, I look at my, all those years ago, we, we, bonded over it we've talked about it uh, ad nauseum but diablo 2 was the game of the summer that year when it came out and i i put in hundreds of hours into that game and going through and progressing through uh each of the acts and finding loot and stuff like that this feels like the modern contextualized version of diablo 2 um and but brought into um today's sensibilities where you have the open world aspects you have side quests you have uh player to player interactions world events all that stuff goes to make in my opinion the best possible experience for diablo players um and if you're not a diablo player if you're looking at this and being like well maybe i want to play with my friends this summer i don't want to miss out on this game because i know a lot of people are going to be talking about it am i going to be able to just kind of jump in and enjoy it i do think that this diablo is the most accessible Diablo in terms of just walking you through it and having it streamlined so that if there is a system that you're kind of confused about, it doesn't penalize you for not knowing. It kind of walks you through it. And throughout the game, throughout so far, what I've at least put into perspective is that it, it, it contextualizes everything, all the systems, all the gameplay mechanics, everything feels um, 
like it's accessible. And, and one of the cool things that we didn't really talk about with uh, in terms of the classes and the progression system uh, with the skill trees is that if you go through, you put in 15 hours leveling up your character and everything, and you're like, this just doesn't feel good, just respec it. That's the beauty of it. You're not penalized for, for you know, screwing up a build or anything, or you're like, oh, the new meta came out uh, this week. They they updated it, and now my Barbarian is better at, you know, whirlwind attacks. I'm going to put more points into that. And it's like, oh, it gives you that freedom so that it doesn't feel like, oh, if I messed up, this whole character is just kind of chalked. I I have to restart or do something, uh, do something else. Restart, like you know, restart a character, or maybe even just start a whole brand new class because of how much um, I'm just not having fun with it. So I, I feel like if you're if you're a fairway fan or a brand new uh, player in Diablo, this one is the one to jump into, uh, simply because it's 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 not going to hold your hand. Um, it, it it does in some way, but it doesn't hold your hand to the. To the fact of like, oh, uh, I'm just being led through this game. It, it it tells you why you should be doing certain things at certain moments. And uh, I think, yeah, this is a really special game. Uh, I can already feel it, even though, you know, we've only, you know, hit the tip of the iceberg of what Diablo 4 is going to be over the years. I'm not even talking about just launch. I'm talking about over the years. Um, so a lot of things to get excited for if you're a Diablo 4 player or hope to be one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we're we're mostly on the same page with with all of this stuff. Like we're there's still lots to explore. There's still lots of questions and answers we're going to get as we progress through it. But like I said, this is a review in progress. It's something we're going to continue to work with, and it's definitely something you're going to hear us talk about and see us write about at consolecreatures.com. Uh, Steve, where can everybody keep up with you uh, in the meantime as uh, we continue to dig through hell? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be, you know, talking about Diablo all throughout launch and well be uh, well after that, uh, everywhere online at Asvigvari. Amazing. Um, feel free to toss us any other questions that may come up. We'll try to answer you on Twitter or in future episodes and everything as well. So you can find Steve there. You can find myself uh, at Dave Petro on Twitter, which is where I spend most of my time and um, as well at console creature as well on Twitter. So find everything there and we'll see you on consolecreatures.com and next time on the creature cast. Take care everybody. Bye.